Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Merciful and, and loving Father, on this day we celebrate the fulfillment of, of prophecy that the, the Messiah, the Christ, your son, rides into Jerusalem. He rides in as a king. Who would think that but a handful of days later, the crowds would be shouting, crucify him, and that he would be put to death. And yet, we know that it was by your will that all of this happened, so that we might be covered with with the blood of the Lamb, having it painted on our hearts and on our lives. So that we, in, in your eyes, might be declared holy and righteous. It was a high price for you to pay. And we thank you for sharing your love in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. It's been a journey through this Lenten season to this Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week, a week in which God works through his Son, Jesus Christ, in our lives so that we might be declared holy and righteous in his sight. This day began so many years ago in a place called Bethphage, on a rocky road that left the town to head a short distance to Jerusalem. It's ironic that it begins in Bethphage. The word in the Hebrew means house of the unripe. Figs. It's a strange name. It's the same area where Jesus curses the fig tree that's not bearing fruit. People have always wondered, well, why did he do that? Why curse a fig tree not bearing fruit? Well, the ironic thing, and you probably didn't know this, is that Bethphage is also what today we would call the headquarters, if you will. The gathering place of the Jewish leadership known as the Sanhedrin. It's at this place, but a handful of days later, that they will put him on trial in the middle of the night. It starts here, and it comes back here on Good Friday. It's kind of appropriate that it comes to that place where the figs are not bearing fruit because the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the very Sanhedrin, has wandered so far away from God's heart and God's intent that they are no longer bearing fruit. When Jesus curses the fig tree, 
It's a way of simply saying to the Jewish leadership of the day, you are cursed because you're not bearing fruit. You need to be cut down and thrown into the fire. It's one of those messages that, quite frankly, drives them to the point where they need to put Jesus to death just to shut him up. His words are having an impact on people. And we see that impact as today the crowds gather to welcome him into Jerusalem in fulfillment of the prophecy as the one who comes in the name of David, in the line of David, the son of David. A man for whom they can shout, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But the question to really ask is where are these people on the Thursday following? Where are these people when Jesus is arrested and he's brought before the chief priests in the Sanhedrin again back in Bethphage? They don't seem to be jumping up to his defense. They don't seem to be hollering the hosannas, and they don't seem to be shouting, release our king to us. Where did they go? What about us? In a world that wants to stop the words of Jesus, in a world that doesn't want to hear what he has to say, in a world that would like to shut him up, and in turn shut us up, what do we do? Do we back down in the face of, of insults or curses or persecution? Do we run away from the opportunities to stand firm in the faith? Or do we give in to the pressures of culture and society and to those around us? This is a week a week of self-reflection, a week of understanding who we are, a week of understanding what Christ has called us to be, a week of seeing him model it to us as a king who comes not to be served but to serve, one who washes the feet of his disciples and said, do this because this is the way that people are going to understand what I'm all about. Love one another, even as I have loved you. Be a servant. Take up your cross daily and follow me and ready to be a servant. A servant king. The one who lays down his life in ransom for our sins. The one who, who had the sign hung above him on that cross, the king of the Jews an unwanted king, an unwelcome king. And why? Because he spoke the truth a people did not want to hear. He spoke a truth that called people back to a, to a simple faith in a loving God. He called the people to repentance and forgiveness, walking in the footsteps of John the Baptist, the one who prepared the way 
He was a king who came to, to not lord it over his people, but who came to die for his people. In a way, coming to Bethphage and riding into the streets of Jerusalem to only come back and be put on trial in this house of, of unripe figs is somewhat appropriate because it's here where he's questioned, are you a king? Who are you? It's from here that he is hauled into Pilate who questions him about a king and then to Herod and then back to Pilate. It's here where we essentially come full circle from the time he was born. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, he goes to a cross and he suffers and dies under that sign, the King of the Jews, to bring peace to you and to me, to cover us with his own blood of righteousness, which in the eyes of his Father is a sacrifice with blood painted on the doorposts and the lentils of our hearts and lives. Causes death to pass over and the love and forgiveness of the Father to be poured out. This is a week of ups and downs, the raising of Lazarus, the celebration of the, the First Supper, arrest, trial, and crucifixion. But it's a week. We're in the fulfillment of all things. God is working so that we might be his holy people. So that we might be forgiven. And so that we can spend eternity in heaven. Today is Palm Sunday. It's a wonderful celebration. But it's got that double message. He comes as a king. But he's a different type of king. Because he's not worried about power or wealth or territory. He's only worried about you and me. He's worried about paying for our sins as he reluctantly goes to a cross. He's worried about what's going to happen to his disciples and to you and me. Are we going to get it? Are we going to understand? 
Are we going to grab a hold by faith and live in his promises? We have a week to reflect on all of those things. To examine our hearts and our lives as we ought to have been doing throughout this season. But now, we're down to the crunch. To take a look. To be honest. To take the opportunity and say, Lord, my life belongs to you. How would you have me to serve you? In Jesus' name, amen.